Hey, it's Ethan. Before we kick off the show, I just want to say, because you keep coming back to The Howl, consider supporting us with a gift at ncpr.org give. Shows like this are made possible in part because of your support. That's ncpr.org give. And thanks. All right, here's the show. My sister comes running out of the woods at me with that prom dress around her shoulders. And she says, what happened? So I look over my shoulder. I'm like, shit. I just wrecked Bobby's car. That was Kathy McHugh live on stage at the Howl Grand Slam at Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake in 2017. And on today's episode, we're going for a joyride. From NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing, this is The Howl. True stories, no notes told live on stage in the North Country. I'm Ethan Shanty. We make a lot of memories in our cars. In the 20 years that I've been driving, I've had eight cars, just about one every two and a half years. I'm not sure what that says about me as a driver. Of course, I've hit a few deer. There's also been one or two trips to the garage where a mechanic told me I'd save a lot of money just by buying a new car. And I've got very distinct memories tied to each one of them, like the Chevy Cavalier with the busted trunk latch that I had to keep shut with a MacGyver combination of a crushed up water bottle and a bungee cord. That was a fix that the police thought was pretty suspicious when they pulled me over. Or the time that the brakes went out in my Ford Ranger while I was coming up to a stoplight on a bridge, I put my hand across my friend John's chest as we rolled through oncoming traffic and said, buddy, hold on. But the car I've been thinking about a lot lately isn't even mine, actually. It was my friend Carter's, a forest green Camry that took us a lot of miles and drove us to a lot of concerts. About 10 years ago, we all hopped in that Camry to take a trip for Carter's birthday to see a pair of concerts in late October. I don't even know how this got into his head, but our friend Rob said, You ever think about cooking a steak on an engine block? And no, I had never thought about that. It sounded like a pretty disgusting prospect. But what is youth for if not for doing dumb stuff? So he wrapped a New York strip steak in aluminum foil, we popped the hood, and slapped it down on the engine. When we got to Oswego and the first band started playing, we had already forgotten all about the steak. But sometime during the second band set, we remembered. We darted outside, grabbed the steak, and inspected our culinary concoction in the parking lot of the VFW. It was cooked through all right. You could charitably call it well done. And the smell was something like, well, like a steak marinated in motor oil. Frankly, I was too grossed out to take a bite. But the rest of the gang said, hey, it's not too bad for engine steak. During the rest of the show, my friends passed the hunk of meat around while we watched the other bands, getting very dirty looks from people around us. And you know, looking back, I don't think that engine steak smell ever quite washed out of our clothes. Like I said, we make a lot of memories in our cars. And today we're sharing a pair of unforgettable car stories. First up, it's Kathy McHugh. She told this story live on stage at the Howell Grand Slam at the Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake in 2017. I have a dirty little secret about my underwear (laughs) and my hospital sheets. When I was 19 years old, I had a car accident nearby here, uh, near Barnum Pond. I was on my way back to Colgate Camp on Upper Saranac Lake, uh, a camp that my parents managed and we all had grown up at. And it was early in the morning, and I was in my brother's borrowed car, big Dodge Charger with a steering wheel like this big, and the seats that just flipped up, you know, with no mechanism to keep them down, and my little sister in the back seat sleeping. Happened to be her birthday, and um, I was bringing 
us both back up to camp, and technically, I didn't fall asleep, okay? <laughs> I did the nod, you know, the old head nod. But I had the windows up, I had the music down low, because she was sleeping in the back seat, covered up with one of my old prom dresses, and... Um, <laughs> I open my eyes, and I see the hood ornament perfectly lined up with the guardrails, the beginning of the guardrails. So I shut my eyes quickly. I ride those guardrails up. I feel like the roof of the car. Of course, there's no, this is before seatbelt usage. I hear all this noise, and the next thing I know, I'm sitting on the side of the road in a ditch. I have a leg bent up. I can't move it. I'm looking in the woods, and my sister comes running out of the woods at me with that prom dress around her shoulders. And she says, what happened? So I look over my shoulder. I'm like, shit, I just wrecked Bobby's car. So the wheels are spinning. There's steam coming out. The hood of the car is standing in the woods. And I'm looking at Sandy, and I'm like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Because I can't move. So she comes running over. I give her this big hug because it could have been really much worse. She starts crying, and she says, what do I do? And I said, well, run up to the road and see if you can get somebody to stop. I can hear a car coming by. So she runs up to the road. She runs back down. Now she's really crying. They didn't stop. And the woman that had driven by saw the car and thought, my God, that must have happened the night before. Or those people are dead. I'm not going to be able to help them. But she looked in the rearview mirror, and she saw Sandy standing in the middle of the road with that prom dress around her shoulders. <laughs> so she turned around and came back, and um, she said, I'll make a phone call. You'll be okay. So she left, and then a doctor stopped on his way into Saranac Lake General Hospital back in the day. And he said, I think you've dislocated your hip. You'll be okay. I said, all right. So ambulance comes. We go into the hospital. Um, I'm in the ER before I go into the X-ray, and they shimmy off my jeans because I was a hot 19-year-old, remember? And then a nurse comes with the scissors, and she clips off my underwear, snip, snip, pulls out my undies, holds them up like this, and says, do you want these? (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Stained. Holes. Bad elastic. And I'm like, no, I'm okay with those. Into x-ray, where I find out that I have broken my pelvis in four places. Um, and which is all right. You know, I'm like, I can, I can deal with that. I really wanted the semester off anyway. You know, Colgate kind of sucked, but don't tell Colgate. So then they, and with a pelvic fracture, often they, you can puncture your bladder. So they uh, catheterize me, put in, uh, bring in a big saline bag and say, we're going to empty this bag into your bladder. And when you get the urge to go to the bathroom, let us know and we'll see if there's any blood. Well, that whole bag went in. You know, I have a bladder about this big. And, um, which is fine. I had no, uh, no punctures to the bladder. I go up to the floor. I'm there for almost two weeks. But before they're going to send me home, I have to have a bowel movement, as we all know. Which for, and I hadn't eaten a lot in two weeks, and I certainly hadn't been very active in two weeks. Um, so uh, I got the enema. And the, the woman, the nurse comes in with a little fracture bedpan, which is very shallow, as we all know. And then it goes right down to nothing, so they can stick it underneath my broken buttocks. And um, she says to me, I say to her, I need to urinate. And she goes, oh, honey, you can do that all at once. And I'm thinking back to that bag of fluid and my head-sized bladder. And I'm like, okay, so you're the professional, so I get the enema with a roommate with visitors, which is really nice. So I'm tooting away, whistling, tooting, 
and my butt rose up off the bed like this. So I'm laying in, I was like a baby in a giant mess. She comes back, you know, opens a curtain, opens a sheet, looks at me, which I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. don't you remember the bladder thing? And then she had a male orderly change my sheets, which was really nice, but, but I made it out. I didn't kill my sister. I still owe my brother a car. Sorry, Mom, about the undies. And Sandy, it was not your fault, that accident. All right? Thank you. That was Kathy McHugh, live on stage at the Howl Grand Slam at the Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake back in 2017. Next, we're going to hear another story from 2017. This is coming from Josh Swink, who told us about his favorite Uber fare of all time. Here he is live on stage at Pickens Hall in Hubleton. So in my spare time, um, I Uber drive. So as of this morning, I picked up my 301st passenger. And Uber trips are all different. Some trips are really, really interesting. Some people talk a lot. Some people don't talk at all. Some people cry. Um, Some people sing Paul Simon as loud as they can uh, the whole way. And I often get asked, what is your favorite Uber trip? And I thought about it, and uh, my wife and I discussed, and we talked about a trip that I picked up in Syracuse. It was one o'clock in the morning. I was about to go home. And the neat thing about Uber is you can come online and offline as, as often as you want to. So it's kind of a great side hobby, and it's really good for collecting stories. I got a trip request for a Denny's just on the other side of the airport in Syracuse. So when you get a trip request, you don't know where you're going for the final destination. You only know where you're picking the individual up at. So I pick the individual up. He gets in my car. His name's Brendan. Most people sit in the back. He gets in the front seat next to me, and then I slide the, the, the trip start, and it says, Denny's, Liverpool. And I look at him, and I say, we're out of Denny's. He said, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm drunk. <laughs> and I um, said, understandable. And he said, and this is the one day a year that I celebrate a holiday, and it's my birthday. So he'd ordered food at a Denny's in Syracuse in the area, but he didn't remember which one. <laughs> and he had called on his phone, because we tried to go through his phone, And he had called every Denny's in the Syracuse area. Some of them he had conversations with. Uh, Some of them he ordered food with, but he couldn't remember which one. And he he really wanted his his birthday cheeseburger. So I drove him to a Denny's um, in Liverpool, dropped him off, and he said, hey, if if you close out the trip and just wait for me, just want to make sure the food's here. So I closed the trip out and gave him a five rating. So then... I get another ride request before he comes back out. So I accept that ride request. He comes back out and he says, it's not this Denny's either. And I'm like, well, I already got another ride request, but if you jump in after I drop this person off, I'll, I'll drop you off, no charge. Um, so Brennan rode with me for about the next two and a half hours. And uh, I picked up about 16, 17 more trips. And every single time, Brennan was like my sidekick. He was having great conversations. He went, he went to high school with a couple of these kids, and it was, it was outstanding. And at the end of the night, we go back to the original Denny's because we'd been to every Denny's in the Syracuse area, and there, there were quite a few. And we go back in, and they're like, sir, we don't have your food, but we'll gladly make you food. And uh, so they made him his cheeseburger, 
and we and I sit down with him because you know he had spent three hours with me in the car, and uh, <laughs> and I sit down with him, and, and we were just talking, and he and he, he got kind of serious for a minute and was like, I don't really get to spend many birthdays with people, but tonight on the one holiday I celebrate a year, I got to spend it with thirty or forty different people, and it was really neat, and uh, then he's kind of gave me my free cheeseburger to to just drive him around the rest of the night, and and it was it was probably my favorite trip, and uh, so I got to spend. Brennan's favorite holiday with Brennan. And as it turns out, we finally figured out what happened. He'd ordered it under his middle name, Alan. And, uh, but it, it was my favorite trip and I, I, I got a free cheeseburger, uh, courtesy of Brennan and Denny's. Thank you. That was Joshua Swink, live at Pickens Hall in Hewilton in 2017. You know, I don't really love driving so much anymore. Now that I work from home most of the time, I've kind of gotten out of the habit. But I do love car rides because the monotony of driving generally leads to really eye-opening conversations or beautiful scenery, or a stop at an unexpected place where you meet new people you might never have run into, or if you're lucky, some inventive cuisine cooked right on the engine. No matter where you're listening from, whether that's the car or the living room or the shower, thanks for joining us for the Howl Podcast. True stories, no notes, told live on stage in the North Country. If you'd like to tell your story on stage and appear on the podcast, find out about our upcoming events and subscribe to the show at ncpr.org slash howl. The Howl is a co-production of NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing in Saranac Lake. The show is written, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ethan Shanty, with editorial supervision by news director David Summerstein. Doyle Dean is our production manager, Bill Hanel is our director of digital services, and Caitlin Kelly is our social media specialist. Our theme music is by famous letter writer of Plattsburgh. For North Country Public Radio, I'm Ethan Shanty. And before we go, here's a special message from the man behind the famous engine steak, Rob Ramsey. Next time you're headed out for that, you know, day trip into the mountains or Vermont to get to maple syrup or wherever you're headed, throw a steak on that thing. On the next episode of the Hell Podcast. It got really bad. I went through the house and the cars and the half a million dollars. And for the longest time, I, I kept it a secret. No one knew. I would go out during the day, and I'd seem like a normal person. I'd go out on my boat. I'd hang out with my friends. But unlike them, when they would go home and sleep at night, I would go home and smoke crack, and I would stay awake. Follow the show and hear new episodes every Wednesday.